You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay Smith, and what follows is a conversation between myself and Reese Fox. Reese is the bassist in a Sunshine Coast band who go by the name of Mules. I'll spell that one for you. It's M U U L E S. I didn't say W because it sounds like you're saying the letter W. Get it? Anyway, check out the band's music on Facebook. The reason for the conversation is to promote the band's brand new EP, a three-song effort called In The Lines Between. Now, a bit of a heads up, we talk about the bass guitar a lot during this conversation. Do enjoy. Yeah, I just had my phone out because I'm walking right now. I'm just leaving the function. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I hope it's not too inconvenient. What sort of function is it? Oh, no, it was, um, we're celebrating the, um, the faction. You know the faction at all? The um, metal... Yeah, radio, sure. The digital radio station. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they just right. had their first birthday. Uh-huh. Yeah, is that, so, so you're, you're just left just then. Are you? Um, you're not obviously not Sorry? on Sunshine Coast, though, are you? At the moment, are you elsewhere? Obviously, in, in Brisbane. No, I'm, I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm in Brisbane right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Oh, mate, good on you. All right. Well, look, I won't take up too much of your time then, mate. I actually really appreciate you reaching out because I am quite passionate about bands from the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast because I'm basically from both places. And um, all right, cool. I've I've spoken to Cody Simpson, who represents the Gold Coast, I think, really well. But uh, I had a chat to MJ from Dear Willow the other night, and I've spoken to Victoria and Dan from the excellent Fragile Animals about 12 months ago or so. Fragile Animals, yeah. Yeah, now now there's you guys. So when I saw it was, I mean, gosh, anybody listening, don't take this the wrong way. But to be honest with you, fuck it, I'm I'm free to pick and choose whoever I want to talk to based on the fact that (laughs) I want to promote Sunshine Coast music. When When I saw you were from the Sunshine Coast, I went, oh, yeah, and... Then when I checked out your music and it was quality music, that was fantastic as well. So oh, it, just, cheers, man. it just sort of uh, meant it was going to be a bit easier, <laughs> you know what I mean, rather than have to try to... Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it is bloody good music and I'm biased again because I'm a bass player. Uh, I'm a career ah, bass player. Sick, right. So when I... Uh, I didn't actually know on first listen that it was just a sonic wall of bass guitar that I was listening to until I actually read some yep. of your stuff on the socials and in your email. But I was really, really bloody impressed. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so I was really impressed. And I know, of course, that's all your work that's doing it. But um, my first question for you is, was it a decision, was it a, was it a on-purpose decision to pursue the band using the four-string alone? Or was it one of those situations where you tried guitarists and just the, for personality reasons or musical reasons it wasn't quite working out? Um, actually, I'm a big fan of Royal Blood, um, so the way that they do things, and also Death from Above 1979, like, they just got rid of the whole guitar faction whatsoever, and sorry if I'm sounding out of breath here, walking, um, <laughs> it just, it, I've been playing, like, I, I also play in a reggae band too, right, so, in, in that sense, I, I the reggae band is, is very, not restrictive, but there's a lot going on. Hmm. So um, with what I wanted to do with Mules, I was I was feeling kind of uh, down in a sense because I wasn't able to go into a songwriting mode. And I've, I always I've, I've been writing songs for I've been playing bass for 25 years. Hmm. So I just really needed an outlet. And um, when I fell in love with Royal Blood a couple of years ago. Man, man, these guys are onto it. They know what they're doing. They, they, mm. they got rid of the whole guitar factor of it, which, I mean, nothing is guitarist or anything like that, but they can be egotistical 
and difficult to work with and never listen to bass players. I don't know if you experienced that. But oh, um, yeah, you just know it. Like... Yeah, so in, in cover bands that I've been in, I can count on one hand the amount of guitarists that I'd even call friends after working in the bands, and I've been in many, many yeah. bands, as I'm sure you have, mate. You end up butting heads, and, and I play... My natural style is funk and disco, as long-time listeners of the show will know. I, I play around Brisbane mm. in, in a covers outfit where we're playing Kylie Minogue songs, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, I'm strictly about pop music in terms of the music that I'm performing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, mate, I've, it's just been a, it's been a bloody struggle, mate. It's, it's been a struggle with drummers as well, I've got to tell you, uh, especially when I'm playing like a lot of the uh, slap-based stuff, just getting the drummer to understand that yep. they've, got to, they've got to lock it down now. I'm going off. You've got to lock it down. And there's, <laughs> there's a time and a place. Stay in the pocket, mate. Stay in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. but then they, they don't <clears throat> don't get it. They don't understand. And, and, and no. Nah. I, I don't know. You know it's, I, don't, I don't know what people think. I just think that they, uh, for starters, they're not used to a bass player taking charge is what I find. Mm, generally, no. But yeah. that's, uh, I, I think I had something to prove for myself. Um, and I also wanted a challenge. I mean, I, I normally play a five or six string bass. Right? Mm. So going back to a four string, let alone a short scale, um, it, it actually challenged me. It restricted me in, in a sense, but also gave, uh, it sort of pushed me forward to like, okay, I'm trying to think of two parts at the same time. And it took months of research how to figure out how to do the whole split signal thing. And then some people might say, oh, you got to do it this way, but no one tells you direct. Mm. And there's, there's certain ways of doing it, and the way I do it works for me. I'm not going to say how I do it, but um, I, I just find it it, it freed me um, mm. in, in, a, in a sonical sense. Like, it actually um, had an impact on, on my bass playing for the reggae band too. Like, the, the, even the whole band noticed a change in, in my style and and um, approach to certain bass lines and that, and it, mm. it's had it's beneficial for both, I guess. And I'm just lucky that I found two other musicians that saw my vision and and went with it and thought it was great. And that's how Meals came about. So, how do you find people react? Especially musicians, because I know there are a ton of musicians on the Sunshine Coast. So, how do you think? How do you mm. when you when you're up on stage and you're looking out there and it's it's I've just say this is very visceral music you guys are doing it. It really comes at you. Yep. So, do you find people mm. are just sort of like come up to you after the show and say, "How the hell did you do that?" Yeah, I've I've actually had to um, after my first or second gig, I actually had to start putting stickers on my pedals. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just didn't want people figuring out. Because I wonder, I think it was, I think it was uh, the third show we did, uh, and we haven't been together that long. Really, we've been together for just just over a year now. Mm-hmm. But I spent a lot of time putting this pedal board together and figuring out how it all works. And I didn't want yep. someone to come through and just go, "Oh yeah, that's how it works," and let's go do it. No, no, you figure it out yourself. Like I had to. Mm. So yeah, I, I was coming, packing down off stage one time on this, on this third gig that we did. And I had two of the two members of the band that was playing just after us. One was the bass player, one was the guitarist, and they both basically had a quick squeeze at my my pedal board and just went, oh, "How do you do it?" I was like, oh, "I'm not going to tell you that." Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you really know, if you understand pedals and you understand 
how all the, um, the, the split signal works and that sort of stuff, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually really, I, I get a lot of appreciation, particularly from guitarists. You know, oh, man, I would never figure a bass player, like a bass would sound like that, and you nailed it. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I think you've been playing a long time oh, as well. I've, I've been playing about 25 years as well, and when you play for that length of time, mm. You, you've you've actually taken it to the limit of how far you've taken it as far as you possibly can without using effects and a, a daisy chain of signals, effectively. So you start experimenting, yeah. and through through hard earned yep. application, if you like, you've arrived at a point where you're justifiably proud of your sound, and you want to effectively patent it by by keeping. Yeah, oh, well, it's a yeah, new well, sound. I don't I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to rip on like I'm like hair and roll blood, but like you see his pedal board, it's just huge. Um, it, it's massive. Mine's like probably about a third the size of what he's got. But yeah, yeah it, I'm very, very protective of how I've put my sort of like uh, effects in order and 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 how they how mm. they're set and everything like that. And I've probably got two or three more to go. But there's also another. Um, they look at the pedal board. But they don't look at the other things I've got on the side there, which they just sort of ignore. Which which is like. I'm not going to say what they are, but it's, it's, it's extra bits and pieces to it that actually yep. add to that sound. It's not just like just those pedals alone and that's it. Well, it's also, it's are you right-handed? You're a right-handed player, I assume, like 90% of us? I'm just a standard. Yes. Yep. So yep. so um, it's also, are you a plectrum player or do you play with your fingers in mules? I'm actually, I'm actually, um, in, well, when Neil's, I play with a pick because I've got to get that real you got to get the attack, yeah. Kind of, I've I got to get the real rock sort of, and to mm. get the guitar tone right, I really need to have that really nice attack to it with a pick. If I, I've tried using fingers in that, it just doesn't work. Whereas I'm normally, normally I'm a finger player because um, I like doing it like, like yourself, you were saying, like getting the slap mode. I, I still love doing that, and uh, mm. technically I'm way better on my fingers than what I am with a pick. But Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? I, I feel like yeah. as I've got two left, all my fingers are thumbs when I'm playing with a pick. I just I was talking to David it's Ellison yeah. from, from Megadeth <laughs> about it uh, last week, and I said, look, I really rate you as a player because a lot of people think playing with a pick is, is easy, but it's bloody hard, and as a lifelong finger no, player... No, it's difficult. Yeah, it's I, I find yep. it very difficult, and I've got a lot of admiration for bass players that play well with the pick. Oh, definitely, and particularly like with a certain speed too, and, and the way the certain tones they're getting. Definitely, I plus like you had to go into the whole world of choosing the right pick thickness, and I was like, oh man, I never had to yeah. do that. Like, so you have to go experiment with because different pick thicknesses obviously had to give a different tone too. And I've never experienced that. And I sound like a complete newbie when it comes to that, but I, that's fine. I, I don't mind. Mm. Yeah, I, I, look, I love the bass, and I've, I'm also a guitarist. I've done plenty of gigs as a guitarist, and I just I don't enjoy it. It's the simple fact of the way that I, I play music. I'm better off playing with a bass. I've played a ton of gigs yep. in a duo where I've been the guitarist and somebody else's song. And um, I, I really feel spent. I feel, I feel exhausted, but I just don't enjoy it at all. So I find myself, I've just kept on coming back to the bass guitar so I've, I've I've tried to branch out a little bit so far and meaning so far I've expanded to the point where I'm doing a lot of this music journalism I'm 40 years of age but I'm back at uni studying full-time so as I can put some framework around what it is that I'm doing here with the music but musically speaking mate yep. I really don't I, I play the guitar at home here for my kids because it's you know the bass is boring when it's just you and the bass and you're trying to play uh, Under yeah. the Milky Way by Steve Kilby yeah. in the church for example it's better off to play the guitar but <laughs> as a stage instrument there's nothing people 
who aren't bass players will never understand the sonic clarity and the breadth of the sine wave when it hits you when you really know how to play the bass guitar and you're in the middle of a really exactly. deep groove and it's just throbbing and you've got that all to yourself up there on the stage. Oh yeah, particularly like um, I've started, I only discovered Sandvamps in the last oh, in the last year or so. Yeah, I use them. And yeah. man, they've made a big difference. Oh man, I love them. And yeah. just the fact that you can actually like, hand control over because of the DI out of it, you can hand That's control right. over to the the front of house, and you go. You can control the sound of what you want there, and I, I've got. I'll use the, my bass rig here as fallback, and I can have as much bass basically as I want on stage. It's not going to affect too much, assuming it's a big gig. I'm not talking about small ones or anything like that. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I just love love that. You, you've got to be able to feel on the stage. If you can't feel on stage, it just feels. Strange. Oh, it's terrible. I've, I've done too many gigs to mention where there's been a 95 decibel limit. I used to play at the Coolant Beach Hotel many times, the old one, you know, the one next to oh. the Caribbean Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, I know the one. And, uh, you know, 95 decibel limits. And uh, even the new one, it's very low. We've we've I've done gigs as a guitarist and as a bass player at both versions of the hotel there. And you, uh, it's, oh, I don't know, there, there have been times where I've just literally turned myself down to the point where I can't hear myself and... I've just started riffing because I just feel there's no point in, in, yep. in sort of getting stressed out about it. Because you do, you take it to heart and then you can't wait for the set to finish and go and grab a beer and sort of... Yep, that's right. And just sort of no, try I to reset. I agree with you. Most of the time, you just have to take the bottom end out of, of, your, of your signal and just hope for the best. But what's the point of having your bass if there's no bottom end, really? Oh, o O'Malley's was terrible for that. There at Malulaba, um, the, yeah. the, those you know venue managers or whoever they might be who don't know how to use the equipment that measures the decibel readings, stand right up near the front mm -hmm. of the stage where the music is obviously loudest, and they go, yep. "Nut, you're well over." And then they're pointing at me because I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm off. I'm not playing anymore. I might look like I'm playing, but I'm not really playing at all. I have to get my head right down next to my speaker cabinet to hear what it is that I'm doing. I'm just effectively yep. miming. It's a pantomime for me at this point, and it's. It's bloody frustrating because yeah. you spend so much energy. It's disheartening, isn't it? Yeah, look, it is. And I mean, I'm, I'm always grateful for the fact that we have an outlet to perform, no doubt about that. But uh, you, it is discouraging. Exactly, There's no yeah. two ways about it when you're a bassist who loves playing the bass guitar as you or I, you and I are, and you don't get to mm. perform and put on the show that you want to put on for people who are listening. That's right. I mean, basically, when people, when it comes down to it, People are generally dancing to the bass and drums. They're You're not dancing to the lyrics or the guitar or anything like that. Right? And it, 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 one of the other reasons why I decided to not even have any guitar or anything like that, right? and it, it's kind of egotistical in a sense, but I've been in plenty of bands where, say, like, um, we finish a show and they come up and basically people people in the crowd have come up to the band and go, yeah, that was a great show, and I've actually said something like, oh, yeah, thank you, and they're just gone, who are you? <laughs> um, like saying, um, you were dancing to what I was playing, okay? So mm. yeah, it, it those, those bits. It is an ego thing, but I mean, why else were we playing? We playing because we love music and we love people appreciating it. But if you're yeah. going to ignore the fact that then one of the main parts that you were dancing to doesn't exist, basically on stage, then uh, yeah, I yeah, uh, I yeah, I've I've I basically thought that I avoid people talking to the general public whenever I'm playing. But you get far too many punishes. You know the ones who have had like five or six drinks or more, probably yep. more, and God knows whatever else they've taken. Yep. 
you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> yep. And they make a beeline. I and I've, I've spoken yeah. about this many times on the podcast series and on the radio show. And they try to tell you exactly what you need to do to improve your sound, like they're an expert in your band. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love those. Yeah. yeah they're great. <laughs> you're like, you've just got to suffer through it. And these days, you end up just putting on a sour face and looking at your phone for the football score or something just to get out of having conversations with some people because you just can't stand the point. I usually just smile and nod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, just smile and nod and just, and just you go, yeah, okay, you know, you're doing that. Hey, that was kind of a great show. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If if they pay to see you and then they come and give you some technical advice, I don't care. They paid, so it's fine. They, that's a bit different. Yeah, I'm playing in covers. Nobody's paying to see you. You're just the soundtrack to their oh, drinking. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Or, or, the, the, <laughs> the, or, as I like to say, the soundtrack to them avoiding loneliness. <laughs> You know, it's yeah, it's a lot like that when you're playing covers. You do, I mean, it's it's not always like that, but if you're playing the suburban venues, yeah, you can tell the serial, you know, yeah. the committed drinkers that come in every weekend. Yep. Yeah, bit that way, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, I've I've been I've been in bands that have done like I haven't done the whole covers route thing, but I've, I've like the great band I'm in, we do three hour shows sometimes, so we do have to sneak mm. covers in there, and I, I know the slog. But at the same time, I would not be playing. So, yeah, I do. I, just, I don't think I'll ever, ever see myself going down the route of having to play, like, full covers. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, so I don't envy you, but also I appreciate what you're doing because that's no way. I don't think I could do it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, I, I enjoy It's one of the few outlets I get where I can play in front of people where I can really let loose on some disco-style bass lines. That's what it is. And yeah, I might, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I might suffer through summer of 69 yeah. and um, brown-eyed girl and all that yeah. bullshit, but when it comes time for me to, say, lay down some fat and nasty chic bass lines or even some of the stuff I'm doing, you know, Dinah yeah. Ross or, or uh, even the Olivia Newton-John stuff, it's all bass, man, when you listen to it. Yeah. That's actually what's keeping it going. And, that, and to your exact point, you said it a few times, and I so totally agree with it, they're dancing to you. You know, the heel yeah. hits the floor and then the ball of the toe comes down at the exact moment we hit our note when the bass drum goes like that and they don't understand what that's yep. what's happening but that's exactly what is happening and I've said that a few times to non-musicians and they don't understand what the hell I'm talking about but without the bass <laughs> it, there is no groove it's as simple as that well that's basically um, a Victor Wooten song right there <laughs> <laughs> you actually, actually pretty sure you just named a Victor Wooten song you, oh. know, you know who Victor Wooten is He's a legend. He's an absolute. Look legend. him up if you've done that. Yeah. Oh mate. Yeah. yeah. He is an absolute. Yeah. He ain't never been there. Yeah. 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 Yeah.